This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad. Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. It is going to be fun. There's Define going to be fun. Mackey and Judd. It's not always going to be easy. It could cause plenty of angst. On 1500 ESPN. I need to come to your defense here. Call, call right. Dave. I felt pretty good about that. Caller Dave. Yep. You guys went at it. At one point, it was uh, it was Hungry Hungry Hippos or the what was the game where they box each other? The Rock'em Sock'em Robots. Rock'em Sock'em. <laughs> where like hippos it was 15 straight seconds of both of you ranting and no one could hear what either one of you were saying. And then and then I think you outlasted him and just told him to listen, which we could just put him on hold next time. That's the thing. I think we have to allow, and I'm guilty of this too. We could just we could almost do it like a boxing match where you get your turn to punch and now I get my turn to punch or something. I didn't think of it that, that way, yet, but you are correct. Yeah, we um, could do that. I believe where where Dave, if I'm not mistaken, I think caller Dave ripped me about a year ago or like ten months ago when I questioned Irvin Santana as an ace caliber pitcher. Because mm-hmm. I thought I thought he was pitching over his head. Pretty sure he called in berating me for being an idiot baseball guy because I thought Irvin Santana was like a fake ace pitcher. Okay. So if I'm right about that, I don't recall. Dave, that, did but... you uh, did you watch that game at Yankee Stadium last year? Just wondering. <laughs> that game at Yankee Stadium, where you know the Twins had a three nothing lead in the first inning, and then five minutes later, Irvin Santana was curled up in the fetal position in the dugout. Just I'm just throw that out. It was Who very got quick. Him to that game, Phil. What's that? Who got him to that game? Uh, Brian Dozier, mostly ace. mostly Brian Dozier. <laughs> you know what? How about Dave though? Whether he felt he was losing the argument, I don't know. But just going complete scoreboard with a kick to the groin. How are your ratings? The ratings you ever right, won a quarter right, hour, right. John? <laughs> I actually like that because <laughs> I think I think he saw himself. I I had his jersey up, helmet off, and I'm flailing with <laughs> oh, rights. No. Yeah, and so he just said, "I got to go as dirty that was as possible." You two rolling around in the muck and just scraping all, really was, hair. all really I'm was. saying is it was a complete cheap shot <laughs> but I appreciate it here's the thing let's go down that path for a second before I actually I'm going to defend I, I agree with half of what he said but I there's one thing he lost he lost me I want to defend you in a second but when it, when someone calls in like that and like it gets dirty and at the end he he pulls the old like what are your ratings card yeah, quarter hours. I mean, really like if that's the case you're getting paid you're getting paid to talk about sports every day for several hours. So why does it matter? Like, if you're making a living talking about sports, yep. and you're still, and by the way, like we do very well on demand digitally, so we're not like no, we don't defend fine, ourselves, but, right? But like he calls in and says, it basically says, you're not getting as much in the ratings, but like, dude, you're still making a full time salary talking about sports. Don't so really, you, it's not even a jab. Yeah, but I think Dave, <laughs> I think Dave said, oh my oh, gosh, that this is not going as well as I thought it might be. So just went groin shot. 
I guess. Speared me right in the groin. It was amazing. You were close, Phil. Dave just called back to say last year he berated you about the Twins because you wanted to trade Irv at the deadline. Yeah, for you sure. You didn't want to hang on to him for a possible playoff yeah. run. So, you idiot. So what happened after the deadline? He soiled himself at Yankee Stadium and hasn't pitched since because he's old. Oh, you mean he got him to the playoffs. That's what you mean? No, okay. Sam, just throw it out there. So where Dave lost me. Yeah, and Gibby I- would have been a good ace. Yeah, Gibby's that's working out well. We got to get to that too. All the Gibby. Oh, he's Gibby's back. No, he's not. Um, if your if your argument for letting the Wild, like for being satisfied with the Wild, let's say over twenty years, is well, the other teams that came into the league, like Columbus and Atlanta, and who was the other one, Nashville? Yes, well, Nashville. Those, well, those teams have only gotten so far. Well. I could go with that argument for the first two or three years of an expansion team, but at some point, like, okay, Atlanta, at, uh, Vegas is an expansion team. They might win the Stanley Cup. Now, that's an extreme example because, as you pointed out, they did get a better shot at it in yes. their expansion draft. Absolutely. But at, at some point, when you've been around for two decades, your bar has to be higher than, well, I mean, like, these other teams that came in 20 years ago haven't done anything, so you're like, as long as those teams haven't done anything, then yes. you're good doing nothing. Yes, so that's where Dave lost me with and, his argument. And if, if I'm not mistaken, um, on, on the day that they signed Prezi and Suter, the owner came out and said Stanley Cup or bust. And I was standing there in September of this year with a bunch of people talking to Craig, yeah. and, and I asked Leopold specifically expectation for this year. And he said something along the lines of... An, Anything short of a Stanley Cup is a disappointment. Which I think he's now said for multiple years. Sure, right? but but yeah. my but my point is he's the one saying that, not me. I was saying, do you expect this? And he said, absolutely. Well, you're saying it too, and that's fine. No, like you but, can stand by that. Sure, no, but my my point is the expectations for the, this team. He didn't say, well, Judd, 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 slow down a second here. Look at the Jackets and the Thrashers turned Jets. And they haven't done and the jack. Preds, yeah. and we've been to way more playoffs. He said, "Our exp- you don't spend $98 million on two players and sign them to 26 years of contracts to make the playoffs. And good for you. Yeah. Good and, for and, you and for the, doing that. And when the majority, I mean, other than Marion Gabryk, basically every player that was part of those early wild teams is now like old and out of the league. So at yeah. some point... You're no longer an expansion team, and you should just be judged like the rest of the teams in hockey. But and that's the, that's the playing surface that we should be. And know, the Wilds and the Wilds' goal in, in the past seven years or so has has been to be extremely competitive, which they should be, and they're falling short. Yeah. So. Six five one six four six eight two five five. Lindsey Whalen at noon. Cameron, you're on the Mackie and Judge show. Hey guys, I uh, just want to make a lot of loud noises and go. <laughs> Steve Ott on the bit, like the uh, previous caller. I love that. Uh, no, but seriously. Great Steve uh, Ott reference there. I like uh-huh. that. Exactly. Can't miss him. Um, <laughs> we could end up in the Calgary zone, which, you know, is mediocrity, missing the playoffs because we're still trying to claw onto that. Let's, let's try and make the eighth seed. Or do you move on when you still have these guys who have value at their younger ages? and trade one of or two of, you know, the Eric Stalls or the Coils or any of these guys that are RFAs and try and get some sort of asset back or draft picks that we have given away for the last, you know, six years, which we made the playoffs. But I think it's time to start shifting and making a little bit of change. Yeah, yeah, Cameron. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. The hardest thing is, I think that if you do fire Chuck Fletcher, 
you're sitting there for a full year while the next GM comes in and tries to evaluate talent just like the Twins, but is it then you're behind the eight ball? And I'm gonna that's a good call, Cameron. I'm gonna add to that too. And this kind of goes with uh, the expectations point too. Really, it's not you, you wouldn't be you shouldn't let go of Chuck Fletcher based on like failed to meet expectations. You should you should make a move there based on if you think he is the best guy to tweak the current state of the team. So here's where the team's at right now, whether they surpassed expectations or came up short, and I think we all agree they came up short. What needs to happen with this chessboard in order to get to where you want to go? Because that's what we're that's the game we're playing here. All right, they they got to go further. Like they, there's more steps to be taken here. There's more moves to be made. Is Chuck Fletcher the guy that you trust to make those moves? And I, I if it were me, I would say it's been an awesome six yeah. years. It's not even like you're not even really right. Do you a trust failed GM? It's just we're gonna have someone else take a look at this board and see what we can do. Yeah. The qu- yeah. The question if you own this team is do you trust Chuck going forward now? And as I said too, the important thing is not for one year because his contract's up and, and you're not going to sign your GM to a one year extension. You're gonna sign him to a three to five year extension. So do you trust Chuck Fletcher to run this team for the next five years? And my answer is I think we've seen what, what he is capable of doing, and that does not make him a bad GM. But I would like someone to come in anew, look at, at this thing, and if it means taking a step back for a year or two, but it's going, but I truly believe it's going to pay off, I do it. I do it. And if that means Boudreaux is not pleased about it, that's too bad. But you have to look at trading what you thought was going to be your core group. You have to at least explore trading. And if you really think to yourself, man, Eric Stahl has paid off and he's been great and he's going into the last year of his contract at the age of, I believe, 33 going on 34, but we're going to keep him, that's crazy. 651-646-8255. Joe, go ahead. Hey, I just wanted to go on. Um, as much as I'd like to berate Judd, too, I, I have to agree with him. I mean, we have to make changes. Dave does not represent you know, a good sports fan who's actually a true fan and trying to win games. That's the Minnesotan that we're stuck with. The same guy that got mad when we fired Ron Gardenhart. You know, there's a change. We shouldn't have fired him because look at all the postseasons Ron got us to. It's, you know, mediocrity. That's what Minnesota sports seems to be. You know, I'm the same guy that wanted Timberwolves to get somewhere, but you know they're not. They don't have it to make that next leap. You can see they're going to get bounced. I'm amazed that we won Saturday night. It's awesome. But Dave calls in. He's the same guy that wants to keep Tracy Clays. You know, that we got somewhere else. He made it to the postseason. So we should keep Tracy Clays for one more time. That's the Minnesotan sports fan we have to get past. We need to make the changes, and unfortunately, it's not going to make everybody happy, but I want to be changed. I need to be maybe forced into it, and this needs to get done because I'm sick of being the Minnesotan. We're so good. getting to the playoffs. Yay, us, rah, rah. You need a ribbon because we made it to the playoffs. Yeah. Vikings made it there, and it's disappointment. 
every time. It's embarrassing. And, you know, and Dave's going to rave the same thing. Well, the Twins got to the World Series. We have two World Series rings, 87 and 91. Nobody cares. That's a generation ago. We can't gloat as a sports fan up here in Minnesota. We can't. We have no sports besides, you know, Lindsey Whalen's women's basketball. That's it. That's our only gloat up here in Minnesota. Yeah, That's Joe, thanks. thanks That's Joe. a good phone call. It's like all the, the longest-running teams I, have really nothing and to show And to Joe's point, the, the poster boy is Case Keenum. God, Case Keenum was so good. How can you do this? How can you do wrong by Case Keenum? He came in and was your backup, and he's played so well, and you owe it to him. No, you don't. But we are. We love to lament our failures to the fault of we never see the possibilities. Mm-hmm. That's who we are. And that's the problem here. It, this is not to say that Chuck Fletcher is a terrible GM. It is to say, I think, if you sit down and you, you've watched the, the Wild play consistently and you sit down with a notepad and say, okay, I'm going to come up with, with the left-hand column of reasons to bring him back and the right-hand column of reasons not to, there's more on the right side. And when that's the case, much like with, much like with Keenum, you can say to yourself, he did a really nice job, but guess what? It's time to move on. Is it is it possible to say that Chuck Fletcher had a really nice run for six years, but I would have zero problems if Craig Leopold said, we just need, yeah, someone else has to take a look at this thing. You should like have it, a problem it, with it that. It could be both. Uh, all right, Dave's got some questions for us when we come back here. What are you going to sling at us? Oh, there's some wild talk to get into. Back to the Wolves. A lot of good stuff. Let's talk about, and Lindsey Whalen at the top of the hour, too. Let's talk about the 55-inch TCL 4K Roku TV that's in here. It's uh, it's it's really the the fastest growing TV company in America, and for for a very good reason. You've got the built-in options for streaming and uh, and connectivity media platforms, and all kinds of sports options too, like Fox Sports Go and Watch ESPN with that built-in Roku device, which gives you access to four hundred fifty thousand plus TV show episodes and movies and four thousand plus streaming channels. And there's, there's, you can stop into any major local retailer in the Twin Cities, and you can look at one of these TVs for yourself. If you're not watching sports on a TCL TV, you're definitely missing out. If you haven't watched a Wolves game inside Target Center from a TCL theater box, you're missing out there, too. That's the best place to watch a game. I don't know if you can get in tonight, if you're able to bum some tickets from somebody, but if you ever have a chance to watch a Wolves game from the TCL theater box, it's a five-star cuisine. It's luxury seating. So TCL on the rise in this country, on the rise across the world. You can f- stop into any major local retailer or go to TCLUSA.com. Mackie and Judd are back. Man, that sounds good. On 1500 ESPN. Now on Mackie and John. Do you believe in past lives? Did we ever really land on the moon? Questions. What are the six degrees that separate you and Kevin Bacon? Of significant importance. We're feisty today on this Monday. The good Monday. Callers are feisty. Judd's feisty. The only time where Judd hasn't been feisty is my fun Wolves game show where he was like yawning into the microphone. I'm just not a game show fan. I'd like to apologize for that because... I know you, that you guys are, and that's very fair. It's a shortcoming of mine. I'll take full responsibility for not being good at game shows. Right. You just don't like games in general. Board games, you said you were never a hate fan. Em. I hate them. Card games. Dawn's family Nothing. love to play games. I feel like you'd be a cribbage guy. Like Euchre. They like to play Oh, I love Euchre. Yeah, Euchre's fun. Big it's a Wisconsin Euchre. game. Oh, is it boring? I know it was an Iowa game, Oh, too. Euchre's a fantastic game. You get to rip your, uh, drink your partner for making stupid plays. I just want to drink and watch TV. I don't want to play games. He's a simple man. I don't want to play games <laughs> with your, your Mackie and Judd t-shirt at the State Fair. 
I just want to drink and watch TV. I don't want to play games with your family, okay? I love your family. They're great, but I don't want to play games. Something of that sentence that you actually meant. I'm not sure about the other part. Oh, I do. No, that's (laughs) not true. Her family's great. Question number one. The end of the Twins game yesterday. Carlos Gomez ending what was a horrible slump for him by going yard big time off Addison Reed and pimping it before the ball was even off his bat. I'm sure you guys saw it. I'm sure you saw as he stomped towards home plate. It was fantastic. Yeah. Carlos Gomez, your thoughts. All in. <laughs> this is right up the Mackie All alley. So I can't. Go ahead. And I, I'm going to apologize to our friend and loyal listener and Legends Club bartender extraordinaire, Tom Roller, who warned me yesterday preemptively. Oh, that's right. If either one of you, I think he was directing it more no, toward it me. Said if to you. you defend Carlos Gomez's antics. Yep. So, Tom, I'm sorry. Turn your radio down for the next 30 seconds. I love Carlos Gomez. He makes baseball fun again. And if you thought yesterday's celebration was something, let's go back to like his first year with the Brewers, his first trip back to Target Field, when the Brewers were down, no joke, 15 to nothing in the eighth inning. I think Blackburn or Baker, one of those guys, was on the mound. And go go. Someone, yeah, the killer bees. All due respect, jumping Jim Brunzel, friend of the show. The real killer bees are Blackburn and Baker. Um, he hits a three-run bomb into the upper deck in left field to cut it to 15-3 to and hops around the bases like he, like he's Kirk Gibson in 1988. And I think when like his bat, he flipped his bat or something, and it hit Joe Maurer in the helmet. Maurer was catching. And so he crosses home plate, and the twins are just like, Guardy's top step looking at Gomez like, they're not even mad. They're just like, dude, <laughs> Come it's on. 15 to 3, man. He's he's harmless. He's just out there. He's oblivious. He's having a good time. And the dude hit a walk-off home run. I'm fine with him celebrating. You know what? Addison Reed's been awesome. Throw a better pitch. Yeah, well, Throw definitely. a better pitch, right? And if you're Zach Duke on Friday, either wear, big, wear bigger cleats or practice more. Or I mean, touch what is that base? all about? Yeah. Um, I would say this. Based on what Gomez did on Sunday, and I saw zero complaints. Uh, but did you guys see that there was a player for the White Sox who stole a couple of bases against the Astros, and Verlander oh, complained about it because the, the Astros had a big lead in yeah. the fifth? And it wasn't even. It, it was five nothing. Five, it was five. It okay. wasn't even that big of a lead. Here's my new rule: if you come out and talk about the unwritten rules being broken, MLB finds you. MLB find. This is the best thing about the Orioles guy bunting against the shift in the ninth against the, the Twins is I think Dozier learned just shut up which I'm pleased about. So I am so tired of these unwritten rules that none of us know, and they and they exist in the fifth of a five-zip game, but they don't exist. So Gomez celebration, Orioles guy bunting against the shift, White Sox guy stealing bases. If you come out and complain publicly about it, you get fined. If that bunt I'm hadn't fine happened, with all of it. Do you think we would have heard from Dozier yesterday about how yeah. a fastball needs to go into Gomez's ear hole the next time they see him? I think you would have come very close, yes. I think Doge, is, Doge took so much of a beating for two weeks after that bunt comment that he almost has to pump the brakes for like three months on anything unwritten rules related. And he should. Yeah, I mean, he should pump the brakes forever. Wild and Timberwolves. Simple question. Which team makes the most interesting personnel move this offseason, and who does it involve? Um, Given the status of the two teams and where things are going, I think it's the Wild, and I think it involves... 
uh, one of these next tier guys. So they package either Coil, Niederreiter, Suter, um, a Zucker type, or the Spurgeon, <laughs> or a Spur, or a Spurgeon. Now you can't trade Koivu, you can't trade Parisi, and you can't trade Suter um, or Stall. But I, I think the style, I think the Wild moves Stall for sure. So I don't think Tibbs is going to make any major moves, and I don't think Tibbs is going to get fired here. Um, Obviously, if you traded Andrew, that would be the biggest move that could be made in this town. I don't think it will be. So to answer your question, David, I'm going to go with the Wild makes a couple of major moves, and they might not be by Chuck, and that sort of that sort of starts the reset to where things are going with that team. Depends on how 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 much of a big move you think a Derrick Rose max contract extension is, I guess. That'd be pretty splashy by Tom Thibodeau. Uh, I think... I, I, don't I shouldn't think, laugh. It might happen with this guy. I think as much as you and I would prefer the Wild cashes in on a 42-goal season or 43 by Eric Stahl, I don't think they're going to make that trade. I think they're going to they're gonna try and ride it out, hopefully that, that he can replicate it. So I don't see... I mean, I definitely think they're going to shake things up, but it wouldn't shock me if you saw Tom Thibodeau... It wouldn't shock me if he traded Wiggins. Because he already traded Levine and like signed Jimmy Butler, or so or traded for Jimmy Butler, so he's gone out signed Jeff T. He's he's shown the propensity to make big moves. Gorgie Jang hasn't really figured out on a regular basis oh, I how could to see fit. Him being so moved very easily. there are moves sure. to be made. And Tom Thibodeau, Jamal Crawford probably doesn't come back, so they're going to have to find punch and scoring. There's moves to be made, and Tom Thibodeau likely will try to make some. I'm going right. to say Wolves. And I think it involves Gorgie Jang. Could involve Andrew Wiggins. All right, final question. Shame on your favorite city in America, Phil. That would be the city of Milwaukee. The Greek freak helped his Milwaukee Bucks even up the series with the Celtics. Wanted to get a bite after the game yesterday. Went over to Bel Air Cantina in Milwaukee, which was hopping with Bucks fans. Mm. Just wants to get a post-game snack. And he stood around for about ten minutes. No one would help him. No one would uh, <laughs> okay. get him a table. That's amazing. And he just I got said, a story about that. He just walked out. <laughs> he just walked out. Went to another place. And Twitter is in an uproar, gentlemen, an absolute uproar because of the shenanigans. The Cantina has apologized and said if they you know win the next one, he can come in for a meal. They'll seat him right away. And if so, they end up winning the series, everybody gets a free taco. So how does he not if they buy say something some, else? Did he not play the? First of all, you shouldn't have to say, don't he, you know who I am? There's He's a picture of him standing right there and being ignored. Yep. All right. Like, how do, you wa- how do you walk in and get ignored? So my question to you guys, <laughs> Judd for the Wild, Phil for the Wolves, who's the most likely guy on each roster that you would not seat if you ordered a taco place and after they won a big game, you still would say, ah, yeah, I'm not clearing a table for you. I mean, pretty much, I mean, almost every Wild player, right? <laughs> I mean, oh no, I've got one. But go ahead. Well, well, are you saying like? Because I'm, is the question based on you just wouldn't recognize them, or, or no. based on you respect them so little? Yeah, oh, no, I got you don't you. like okay. them to the point where you don't see <laughs> that them. Even if they went <laughs> yeah. and won a big game, you'd say no, still doesn't matter. I'd make Andrew Wiggins go to the weight room first, work up a good sweat, and then make sure. Hey, I want to prove to me that you spent 45 minutes lifting weights today, and then come back in before Judd answers. Oh. I, I can confirm this happens in Milwaukee. I was at brunch. I can't remember. It wasn't that place, but it was a different place in the third oh, ward Moradio area. Moradio went to brunch. Shocking. It was right. I know. <laughs> Make all your jokes. Yesterday, by the way, prime brunch oh, season gosh. in the Twin Cities. Oh, it's sunny and there's it patios. Out. I didn't make it out. Oh, it's, Wife had, it's had a mimosa bar. Yay. So <laughs> we're at this place, some bar in the third ward. 
Greg Monroe, who's a seven foot center, he plays. He's played for three teams this year, but he he was with Milwaukee for a couple of years. Greg Monroe is standing at the front, and there's a couple people waiting to get tables, but he stood there for 15 minutes. This just super tall NBA player who is like he has a pretty good run. He's not a star like Antetokounmpo, but stood there for 15 minutes on his phone awkwardly by himself. I don't know if he was like waiting for anyone. Didn't get a table. Wound up just leaving. So this definitely, so this this does is definitely happen. a okay. thing in Milwaukee. This is not good. Sort of odd. your superstars. Sort of odd. Um, oh, my choice. Let's see. I've got several here, but I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with with a guy who disappointed us the most of late, Charlie Coyle, because I'd recognize Charlie and he would stand there. But the one good thing I know is actually here's the problem. He'd come in and stand there, and then I'd be like, I'm going to ignore him, ignore him. But he's so passive aggressive and not confrontational, he probably wouldn't leave. So I would <laughs> finally true. just so I would finally just close the bar and say, Charlie, sorry, we're closed. I never got I didn't get to you and you stood here for seven hours. If you guys were in a similar situation with Giannis coming in, let's say a cat walks in to a taco place that you're seated at and you've got a plate load of tacos on the way and you see he's not getting seated, would you give up your seat? Oh, uh, absolutely. I'd for sure, like, he could join the table. Absolutely. Well, what if there's not an extra, you know, you're in a little two-person oh, then I'll, then table? Oh, I mean in the corner. Yeah. What I, I'm surprised that Judd didn't say Devin Dubnik. No. That, that I would have Devin Dubnik stand in front of the door, and I would just take biscuits from a really, a really like, <laughs> no. difficult angle to score That's at. terrible. And I would just try That's to throw the biscuits awful. through the little gaps out the door. No, I'm not that down on Doobie. Played a bad game, what, five? But... <laughs> And and I would not give up my seat. If okay. I'm there with a the gal at a nice taco place, no way. Yeah. Uh, De- Derek's going to come in here at, I don't know, in a few minutes to talk some baseball, twins and rays, with a weird series this weekend. Uh, Lindsey Whalen at the top of the hour. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. How long did the show last? More than seven hours. <laughs> Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Mackie and Judd are talking twins. Talking twins. Now, with 1500ESPN.com senior web editor and resident seam head Derek Wetmore, presented by the Canopy Group for the best insurance coverage at the absolute best price. Ahead of our time. That didn't take Ahead long. Of our time, no. It, Did uh, it? It's official, according to the Minnesota Wilds official website chuck fletcher will not be coming back as general manager so we've done most of our show on that today and and wolves and chuck fletcher will be looking for other employment opportunities and uh the wild uh, leopold's going to talk to reporters in like a half hour 40 minutes it's not going to be something we can carry on the radio here but we'll keep you posted we'll keep you abreast Nine years. To the development. Nine years for Chuck, and you that's know what? it. A successful nine years, and that's you know, six playoff appearances, couldn't get over that plateau. And I think I think it's going to be remembered as a more successful run than not for Chuck Fletcher, but someone else has to come in here and evaluate and see if they can push forward. Uh, all right. Twins had a bit of a rough one this weekend in Tampa. Two, uh, the one on Saturday was legit. Like, they just the they just imploded, and they, they got smoked, but... Derek Wetmore's in here from 1500ESPN.com and the Touchmall podcast. So Friday you had you had a great comeback. Eddie Rosario grand slam on an 0-2 pitch. Max Kepler puts the Twins up, and then the bullpen starts to get rickety. And uh, in the end, it was Zach Duke with either too small of cleats or not enough <laughs> yes. pitcher fielding practice. And yes. then 
And then yesterday, so that was on Friday. And then yesterday, you had Addison Reed really with his first blip on the radar after another Twins comeback. So I don't know. Early in the season, you probably just have to crumple it up, throw it out. But uh, not ideal to get swept by a bunch of former Twins, by the way, Denard Span, Gomez, and Wilson Ramos. Yeah. Well, and I mean, you're eight and eight on the season now. The general thing that I always come to you guys with, and you get mad at me, I say this until the trade deadline. It's a little early. It's a little early to overreact. Well, let's not panic just yet. So, I mean, 8-8, eight and eight, Cleveland overtakes you. You get swept by a team that you thought was giving up this year. Not good. Not good. But I sent out a newsletter this morning to, uh, to my baseball subscribers, and I talked about the good news, bad news game. And we could play this all day uh, if we were not chasing news on the former wild general manager. I think we could have a lot of fun talking for 20 minutes of... Yes, but good news. Yes, but bad news. Yes, but okay. So Phil Hughes starts. Good. Phil Hughes outing. Bad. (laughs) Ryan Presley comes in and puts out the fire. Good. He's looked great this season. Mm -hmm. The rest of the bullpen, mostly bad. Byron Buxton was off to a decent start. Good. Byron Buxton. Headaches, migraines, disabled list. Bad. So my point is just that we could keep going with this after just 16 games, and we could play that game all day long. I think we just have to wait before we make any big-time declarations. Let's see what happens. Four games in New York. This will be a good test for the Twins. And to your point, too, the bullpen was bad against in Tampa, but they were previously really pretty solid. Sure, they've had so, some good outings. So, you know, I saw tweets, this bullpen's worse than last. No, it's not. No, it's not. So let's just all calm down. I— and for as much as I might panic with this team... Hold on a second. Do we have that on tape? I'm trying to think about how to phrase this best. For as much as I might panic about some teams, this being baseball, and this is a good team. I don't know if they're great, but they're good. I think it's a good team. You all need you all need to just calm down. <laughs> and and plus, plus, I'm also get, giving them some time here yes. because you played one game in something like seven days. Uh, and sure. then you came back and played uh, played two games in Puerto Rico, including one, one that went 16. My point being is the weekend wasn't very good, but I also don't look and say, oh, my God, now it, now it's a complete disaster. I yeah. give this time, You've got to give this time to settle back into playing on a daily basis, and then let's go from there. So I've got two big takeaways from the weekend. One is that the Rays might not be as bad as we thought they were going to be. That they... <laughs> I'm serious. The Rays good. Yeah, they might. The Rays good. <laughs> My Monday morning radio appearance is bad, <laughs> but I think that they could be better than we think they are. And my second takeaway just came to me right now, and that's that Judd has a patience meter. Phil, are are you aware of it? Dave, did you know about this? That that Judd has a patience meter. He just said that for as much as I panic about teams, and as much as I run general managers out of town in this market. Everyone else needs to relax. He's Aaron Rodgers. If they lose He's tonight, Aaron Rodgers. If they lose tonight, Judge firing Derek Valvey. <laughs> Why they give Molitor a three-year contract? He gone. Chuck got Chuck got nine years. Go. Okay. If Derek gets he nine go. years and it don't work, then yes. I might change my tune. I just it's it sounds like the uh, Aaron Rodgers bit from a couple years ago. Judge sitting in this chair. R E L A X, and that's. Judd, I'm. It warms my heart. It. I've been saying that for years. Coming on this show, Phil and I talk about it on the podcast. I'm the conservative. Don't overreact too early. Hey, small sample size. Be careful. And Judd is now 
on my side. It's, it feels good to have a teammate, Judd. Welcome aboard. I'm uh, at peace here. Welcome yeah, aboard. They like. I think I actually take away. Let's come back with this because uh, we're up against. Uh, uh, we've been we ran long with uh, our last couple segments, so we'll, let's come back and keep this twins thing going here with Wetmore. There's one thing, not just from this series, but from the season so far in the limited games they've played that I really love about this team. Wetmore's hanging out. It's Mackie and Judd. If you missed it, find more about Chuck Fletcher out as Wild GM on 1500ESPN.com. Please listen carefully. Mackie and Judd now continue. Let's go, people. Let's get it going. On 1500 ESPN. And this portion of Mackie and Judd is sponsored by Robert W. Baird and Company. Calling all Loons fans. The 1500 ESPN promo team will be on the Tribal Nations Plaza TCF Bank Stadium this Saturday for a Minnesota United pre-match party. Find us before the 7 p.m. kickoff for your chance to win prizes before the United take on Houston. For more details and tickets, Head to 1500ESPN.com, keyword events. Thank you, Dave Harrigan. All right, we're we're following uh, this developing breaking news. Chuck Fletcher out after nine years as Wild GM. You can find full story at 1500ESPN.com. Matthew Collar, who writes about the NHL for ESPN.com. In addition to all of his wonderful Vikings work, he's uh, he's on it on our website right now. So Wetmore's in here. We're recapping this twin series from over the weekend. We'll get to Lindsey Whalen in like 10 minutes. Um the one thing I really like about this team in the early going, and not that it's indicative of like what they're going to do every night for six months, but falling behind in a game doesn't really phase this team. This team, whether it's two games against Tampa where they came back only to lose in the end because of bullpen implosions, Rosario, bases loaded Friday night, two strikes, and he pokes one out for a grand mm-hmm. slam. Uh, they came back in Pittsburgh a couple weeks ago. They came back again yesterday. This lineup keeps coming at you. You just because you have a five to two lead in the seventh or eighth inning on this team, and maybe have good relievers lined up, doesn't mean that you won the game against the Twins. Yeah, and that's a really good characteristic to have. And I don't think it's something that's just like a blip on the radar in April. They have a good lineup, is what I'm saying. Yeah, no, I agree. I think we started to see this trend last year with the Twins. I think two years ago. I mean, we all know how that season ended. I think you fell behind three to one, and it's the seventh inning, and you could pack her in. Uh, like as a as a writer covering this team, I could start my column very confidently in the seventh inning and say this one's done. Two runs, they got two uh, elite arms out of the bullet. No, they're not coming back on those guys. <laughs> Last year was different. Last year this team had some fight. Last year this team had whatever you want to call it, however you want to label it. No, there's not analytics to quantify this, but like this team had some heart. They did not give up in the late innings of close games last year. Uh, they fought their way back into some games that otherwise would have been blowouts, and you're starting to see that this year too. So positive. The good news, bad news of this is that, boy, they're falling behind a lot. Boy, they haven't gotten what they need to out of the pitching staff. That's starting rotation yeah. and bullpen. You don't want to be behind 8-1. to one. So that's part of it. The other part of it is that this offense hasn't gotten to where I think it should be. Yes, they're missing Buxton. You know, yes, Miguel Sano striking out his half his plate appearances, and and Logan Morrison basically needs nothing. To take more than one hit per week to hey. to earn his salary. Got that home run. He did. Write that down. Hey, <laughs> and, and that error got switched to a hit from uh, hey, great. the Indian series. It's got five hits. Oh, congratulations, Joe, sorry, four quit hits or five overruling hits. the official scores, please. Is that your whole life? Congratulations. I just think that this offense needs to do better. They've assembled a pretty good lineup. I think one through eight is like really solid. You're you should be pretty happy with it, especially once Jorge Polanco gets back and that's a little deeper. With that being said, they're 
bottom third of the American League in runs scored right now. And I know they've missed some games, but even when you adjust on a like a per plate appearance basis, this offense is 11th or 12th in the American League right now. And with this pitching staff, that's not going to be good enough. The reason I said that this Twins team could win 90 games this year at the onset of the season was their pitching's going to be better, it's going to be respectable, and their offense should be one of the best in baseball. Right now, I think that's left a lot to be desired. So Santana comes back here when? Early May? Eh. May 15th-ish, let's say? If you made me pick between May Is 1st and June 1st, I'd say June 1st. Okay. He hasn't faced anyway, any. Like, has he faced a live hitter mm-hmm. yet? So he ain't pitching for a month. Anyway, my point being this. at what? How long do we go down the Gibby path? Because he drives me crazy, and I understand that every once in a while he'll be solid and we'll hear this is the new Gibby and Kyle's going to be. But how long do we go down that that path? Because there are guys in in this rotation, Derek, who I'm more than willing to be patient with, and I get it might take some time. I don't need to see a ton more here to know that that he's a bullpen guy at best, possibly, or or off the rotation altogether, or off the uh, staff altogether. So how long do you ride this out before you say, okay, Santana's going to come back, and th- then I've got my top four set, and number five could very well be somebody else? Yeah, I mean, if you're looking to replace somebody right now, it's Phil Hughes. I mean, un- unless he can give you— I'm not even you... considering him, but yeah, th- yeah that's unless true. Can, unless he can give you, you better than what no, he gave right. you yesterday, he's out. I guess I'm talking about Kyle in particular here because lo- long-term, I think Phil yeah. is a bullpen well, guy or gone. Well, if, well, Fernando Romero has been filthy so far for yeah. Rochester. He's 23 years old, so it, it ain't like— Five years ago, when right. you just like didn't have anyone and to this replace is the path these guys I'm going with. down, sure. like exactly a guy right. like this. Yeah, and so, and I'm comfortable entertaining that discussion. I'm a bigger Kyle Gibson guy than I think just about anybody, and even people who cover this team. I think that there's something there. I think at his best, he's a mid rotation starter, and we need to get over this that he'll ever be a front end star. Obviously, he won't. He just doesn't have the pitches. He doesn't have the stuff. He doesn't have the track record. So, first round pick, okay. Set your expectations according to what he could possibly be now. On the best, I think he's a number three starter. At worst, I think he's out of the majors. He's just one of those guys that has that whole gamut that he can span. I don't know how how many starts the front office and the the manager and the coaching staff need to see from a minor leaguer before they say this guy would be an upgrade. That, to me, is the side of the equation that you focus more on, it, my personal opinion. Kyle Gibson needs to be better. You could say that about a number of pitchers right now, not named Jose Barrios. But the question isn't, is this guy good enough based on what you think he could be? It's, is this guy better than the next guy in AAA? Is he better than what Adalberto Mejia would give you right now? Is he better than Steven Gonsalves, Fernando Romero, whatever? Fill in your name of pitching prospect who's throwing in the minor leagues uh, or, or Irvin Santana, who's on the comeback trail, or Trevor May, who's you know, periodically updating us on his status and and is getting closer and closer. I've heard June 1st is the circle date on the calendar for that comeback. So the pitching staff as a whole can get better from outside arms. I think that the guys on the staff too, they flat out just need to be better. So Gibson, this is why... Like I'm not. I think I think Kyle Gibson winds up just moving on somewhere else after the season's over, and it's just going to be a, a a failed first round draft pick over over time here for the Twins. But the reason why after three starts, even though there's been some some rocky portions, or is it four starts, whatever, three or four starts, he actually has the best swinging strike rate right now uh, of at any point in his career. So he's getting a ton of swings and misses relative to a year ago, two years ago. And so, so something is working. Maybe you could also just say that ah, it's April and hitters haven't caught up yet and let it play out sure. in May and June. But 
as long as there's a little something there to what Derek's saying, I think like long term, I'm on Judd's side with this, but I'm willing to let this play out for you know the rest of April into into May and see what happens. Real quick, we got another couple minutes here with Derek. Yeah. What more talking twins? So Byron Buxton has migraines. I know that you suffer from migraines, so maybe you can yeah. shed some. I'm not a guy who's had sure. migraines a lot in my life. Sure. It seemed a little quick triggerish to put him on the disabled list for 10 days after just like basically a day of migraines. And now all of a sudden he's very quickly after, what, a week down in Fort Myers getting some at-bats. Was this a way for the Twins? Now, I'm not saying that he didn't have a migraine. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I don't think they're lying about that. But is this a really convenient way for the Twins to say, you know what, really slow start for you. You're super pull happy again. This migraine is a good chance for you to sit on the sidelines for a minute and go get some at-bats in Fort Myers on a rehab stint to start feeling better about your swing. No, I wouldn't go that far. So I haven't spoken with Buxton after this latest round, but from what the reports that were being relayed from media and from the team, Fox Sports North had a bit on this yesterday, it sounds like it was really severe. Like, I, I get migraines, but not like this. Not like... You know, you're talking not only the regular stuff, the sensitivity to light and noise, and you just really not being able to communicate with people without your head exploding. But Buxton is like beyond that, where, you know, he's not able to get up and move around. I mean, it's that's some serious stuff. So I, I don't think that you would take a medical excuse as sort of a convenience way to step aside. I also think the Twins were in a good spot with Buxton, that... Bat him eighth in the order. Let him earn his way back up in the lineup like we said they should have done last year. I think he's there as a hitter. I, I, like Obviously, there's a little bit more to go, but I think he's there. So I don't know that you just send him away. I think this was more of a case, Phil, of knowing, okay, man, if you're not good to go today and you're not good to go tomorrow, we can't just keep burning up a roster spot hoping you wake up feeling better. That if it's going to be a three, four, five-day thing, then it makes sense to go 10-day disabled list. A couple of those are off days. He's not going to miss all that much time and mm-hmm. say, hey, just reset. I, I wrote this morning that you go ahead and take care of yourself first, physically, medically, and then the lineup considerations come second. So I don't know that I'd make the, that excuse. I know that it's a horrible thing to be dealing with, and from what I've read and heard, the stuff that he's dealing with is a lot worse than what I deal it with. It almost sounds concussion-like. It's it's. I, well, I mean, that's a speculation, right? I mean, he had that Percy-like, maybe. He well, no, not like that. He had that collision in the minor leagues with uh, former Gopher Mike Kwasnicka, right? That yeah, I, I think that could have extended impact. I've talked about this for two or three years with Byron Buxton. The recklessness with which he plays center field is both fascinating, like entertaining, awesome. Yeah. And also terrifying if you're the Twins. They, somebody hits a fly ball to the left center field gap at the wall, Buxton's going to catch it. But as a Twins fan, as a Twins front office member, as a Twins manager, you're holding your breath, right, every time he runs into that wall. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm hopeful for Buxton's sake that he gets over this, he's better quickly, and is able to return pretty much right away, which should be in a couple of days here. But also, the long term of this is sort of uneasy, uncomfortable. You're thinking... Man, is this going to be the last we've seen of this injury keeping him off the field? I'm not. I'm not sure. Yeah, durability hasn't exactly been a, a strong suit there, but we'll see if he gets uh, gets back in the next. I don't know. Maybe he gets back after the road trip. Derek, good stuff. 15hardespn.com and the Touch 'Em All podcast. Lindsey Whalen joins the show when we come back. Mackie and Judd from the TCL Broadcast Studios.